Hey, just a quick note up top, Marty's mic was being weird this week, so he had to record using the internal laptop mic, so that's why it sounds a little weird on his end. Enjoy the episode. I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Heroes the Number 3 Podcast. And this week we are finishing up our, our epic look at uh, the ladies of Kung Fu Cinema Part 2 with 1981's My Young Auntie, starring Kara Hui and directed and partially starring the legendary Lao Kar Lung who we've seen many, many times in the podcast, but it's been a second. So, Carlos, what was the idea behind this pick? Honestly, it's a little bit of greed on my <laughs> side because uh, this is a really great film. It was uh, Kara Hui's first like major uh, starring role in a kung fu film, and uh, also we get to see Lao Garlong doing his thing again, not only in front of the camera, but behind the camera. So uh, you're going to see a lot of the familiar faces from this era. But actually, you'll see him in, in uh, a bit stranger capacity than you're used to seeing. Because this film, honestly, is very wacky. I feel like, totally. yeah, some some people would say that's to its detriment. I'm really into the weird stuff. And I feel like this movie has a little bit for everyone. So, like, I honestly, uh, rewatching it for the podcast, was thinking about kind of where it sits within this genre and within the films that we've covered. And honestly, there's a little bit of Bollywood going on in this thing. You know, we've I was got- totally. I was going to bring that up later in the episode, but mm-hmm. there are many points throughout this movie where I'm like, are they about to sing? And then they yeah. don't. But yeah, it's <laughs> really. Just, it- it's really hard to characterize my young auntie. It has like a a dash of so many really cool cinema ingredients. I mean, it has the Shaw Brothers style book and Lao Garlong's flair for action and unique kind of <laughs> naivete when it comes to like social sexual politics or whatever. But it also has... <laughs> um, Yeah, like a hint of the MGM musical and a hint of like the teen romp. And yeah, I think like a dash of Bollywood too. It's, yeah, I think go into this movie um, totally game and I think you're going to have a super fun time. If you're waiting for it to kind of prove something to you, um, yeah, maybe put it off to the side and come back to it another day. But um. yeah, if you're looking for like a hard hitting uh, martial arts film, you're not going to be rewarded with that right away. But if you do yeah. sit through it and you do kind of ride the wave of all the antics that are happening, you're going to be rewarded with really good fights. And it, um, it's also just this cool historical relic, like this great time capsule of kind of Hong Kong culture. 
uh, you know, of the early eighties here. Uh, another thing about the movie, which I think leads to it kind of like defying, uh, categorization is you can't pin down the time period of this thing at all oh, it's yeah, like true and so i think i don't know i think if you have fun with it then it's kind of hysterical and amazing <laughs> mm-hmm. um but if if that really bothers you then yeah i'm, I'm sorry yeah. <laughs> um i i honestly you know we've been doing uh a bit of girls with guns lately and Kara was in um the inspector wears skirts. I think that would be a suitable uh, follow-up if you're more into the stuff we've been covering. Um, but yeah, honestly, I, th- I was just really excited to get to more of a, like a Shaw Brothers mm-hmm. uh, film. And here we are, you know, you've got the Shaw scope, the widescreen. And mm-hmm. um, this uh, is probably the most, it's the most Kung Fu-y Kung Fu movie we've done in a good, a good couple of months. In a, so. Yeah, in a while. Yeah, and for I, sure. I feel like it's a good uh, kind of reset for us to to kind of go back to this really and uh, and Lao Garlong. You can't really go wrong uh, with uh, with Lao Garlong, and you get like I said. So uh, you'll see Shu Hao in here. You'll see uh, Gordon Liu, Robert McTechlaw. <laughs> I believe the next film after this that Lao Garlong would do. I think it's Marshall I think it's Club. Marshall Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. We've covered that, and actually, you know, we've 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 covered a, a bit of what we like from Lao Garlong so um you're gonna actually kind of see a little bit of uh spiritual boxer you get like some qigong towards the end of the film you'll see actually like legendary weapons of china there's uh really <laughs> very, interesting yeah, very legendary weapons of china and the yeah. when you're almost at the end some exhibitionist martial arts choreography showing different weapon usage so, um, like I said, it, it is a it's it's a bit of an ask if you're not into the the goofy stuff. But if you are into it, you're gonna love this film. And I do think that it. I mean, it's like two hours long, so that's kind of an ask as well. But <laughs> uh, I for me, it hits. I I love this movie a lot. Yeah, totally. And, and we shouldn't underplay the action at all. Like there's mm. really incredible uh, fight sequences, and um, I think. My young auntie like holds a special place in my heart because it, it it does end up being a great like Lao Garlong as action star vehicle in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, although that kind of comes at the expense of stealing the thunder from Kara. Yeah. So it's uh yeah six of yeah. one half dozen of another kind of. Thing. I do also feel like when it comes to leading ladies in uh hong kong cinema this is a vehicle for her but um compared to the other movies we covered this isn't as much of a girl power film as the rest of the films we've covered but Mm -hmm. it she does put her all in this film and you see it and actually i believe that she won like a a, an award for her performance in this film and she talks about it in interviews how important this film was for her um she really pushed herself really hard and they worked really hard and you know she was kind of um suffering through uh some of the filming just to to put so much into it and it really comes across on the on the screen i think yeah totally yeah she's definitely magnetic on the screen and um i mean so i think in that like in that sense the movie does does serve her or it does serve as maybe an introduction to karahui to the for the hong kong public um 
but yeah, it's, I don't know. It, it's a lot of the, um, the kind of like innocent slash naive slash maybe kind of like childish takes that we've talked about in some, some of the other Lau Garlong movies. Um, and I think it's oversimplifying things, but in the past we've described it as it's like, okay, you know, Lao Sifu is a master of Kung Fu. Everything that isn't Kung Fu is like yeah. a little, um, is a, almost a little foreign to him. Um, and there's a, there's, there's a really fun drinking game that you could play with my young auntie where it's like whenever someone repeats a line, although no, actually I shouldn't advise that because it's, yeah, it's often might, in the movie where it's like a triple Pete or like, in. yeah, quadruple Pete. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, um, we were talking about this before we started, but uh, a really bizarre and fun dub, kind of like yes. with um, Marshall Club or say Dreadnought. It's weird. Once you leave like 1979, in some cases 1980, you tend to not have that exact classic crew um for the english dub so you'll have a handful of those voices uh still in the cast and but you have a couple of these really odd voices um, yeah <laughs> and dude yeah like the shao ho voice is is mm-hmm. that kind of it's sort of like doofusy sounding or something yeah. this is my grandfather got it my father was very devoted he worshiped him like a god like sort of airheady but it's yeah super super fun and yeah the yeah. voice for Lao Garlong is my auntie says she'll be coming by the Shun Li but I can't find her good thing she's an old lady we'll find her she's wearing a jade pendant ah what a mess <laughs> it's yeah. way too forceful and it's really um, sharp yeah. yeah and I feel like uh uh Kara's voice actress as well like it it sounds like they're being so forceful and so it almost sounds like they're arguing anytime they're saying anything. Hey miss, where'd you get that? What do you mean? My late husband gave this to me. Your husband? Eugene Sheng. Uh Yeah. It's, it's funny, it's I kinda fun. thought she sounds a little bit like Katie Seagal from oh, yeah. Children Future. I can hear that. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I can totally hear that. Yeah, and it's but it's super funny having that like this really forceful, almost like yelling line reads over like pretty mild stuff like through mm-hmm. through most of the plot um yep and I, yeah i guess the the main themes that Lao garlong is focusing on here i think really i suppose have to do with like respecting your elders and, and actually yeah. the 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 original title of the film is basically just elder like the original cantonese title <laughs> and the punctuating like final line is it has directly to do with that title as well so that's yeah it's definitely intentional <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean honestly i think my young auntie would be so ripe for a really cool remake i love so many of the elements in the movie that as the title suggests you have this very young um second wife of the second uncle and so you have at least in this period of time and in this culture some really interesting dynamics of respecting your elder who's your who's younger than you (laughs) um also at the end i think there's a lot of potential with this group of older uncles training and fighting the movie doesn't necessarily set them up um super well uh, or or pay them off really all that much either um but yeah i don't know i think there could be a pretty amazing My Young Auntie re- remake one of these days. Yeah, and, 
And when it comes to uh, what you'd expect from a kung fu film from this time, you don't really get a lot of the kind of beats like you would. So there's no real revenge. There's a villain that has nefarious plans, and the stakes aren't honestly too high where you, yeah, like somebody's gonna get killed or something like that. So it's kind of like this lighter fare, and you've got yeah, these totally. musical moments and these kind of comedic situations with it where it's like a fish out of the water situation so uh does I, anyone get killed no in this movie i Mm-mm. don't think so oh good question yeah mm. do, i don't think we have any like shaw brothers blood even do we yeah there's a, there's little, a little bit part but oh right okay. when they're no one, fencing yep. yeah but no one but yeah i don't think anyone dies or at least no one like explicitly does the whole uh and fall over kind of yeah, thing, yeah you know? totally which you do miss. Oh, you know what's funny? Okay, so this has got a little tangent before we start talking about this film. But um, <laughs> so I I like getting like weird off food, right? And one of the things I saw was that there's like a flaming hot like mac and cheese. It's like box macaroni and cheese, which is horrible for you. But it's like mm, this so really cool. weird. So okay, so Joanna and I we found a box and she cooked it. And it's got like red like seasoning and it's like this vibrant red. And I'm like, that oh, wow. looks like Shaw, Shaw Brothers. Brothers blood. <laughs> it totally looks like Shaw Brothers blood. So if you get wow. that like flaming Hot mac and cheese, like look out for that. Because like you yeah. can use it for your next independent <laughs> kung fu film. Oh, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, really good. Well, with that, let's, uh, let's dive into the movie itself. But first, let's take a look at the back of the VHS. Drama. A woman thrust into a family's conflict, Jing Dai Nan marries her master to help stave off the vulture third uncle. The dying wish of her husband is to deliver his deeds to his brother, a man decades her senior, yet she is now the elder. Dance. Auntie can fend for herself and finds a rival in her new nephew Charlie. However, her confidence melts away when faced with the culture of city life. Can she stay on her feet and grow out of her country bumpkin image? Action! Third uncle won't stop until he gets his way, and the action explodes off of the screen. Kara Hui fights along Sai Ho, Lao Karlong, and Gordon Liu in thrilling fashion. Lao Karlong teaches you to respect your elders in My Young Auntie. Uh, like like we said before, this movie is almost two hours long, so so we'll try to not just drag through every single bit of it. But um, but the the premise of it is that there's this old man who's about to die, and all of his he doesn't have a heir, so his 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 younger brother is trying to get everything from him. Uh, but just before he dies, he marries this like woman that's kind of basically his adoptive daughter so that she'll get everything and be able to sort out everything after he dies yeah you've got this reflex moment where it's like this creepy oh what's gonna happen right now but he he immediately like states like no this isn't a creepy thing yeah yeah. i just need you to do this so that this guy doesn't get the pos brother from getting any of my stuff yeah totally (laughs) and it does seem like he's um this is an interesting means of like trying to give her some means and power and protection. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, really kind of interesting concept right off the bat. We should also say that this is told through a pretty cool kind of flashback sequence. So mm-hmm. we actually open on this boat where we see Karahui's character. Yeah. And um, I just, yeah, I love that the filmmaking is really nice and subtle. And there's this cute beat where there's this little child that uh, is asleep in their mother's arms and they're falling over and Karahui like puts the mother's arm around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's having this flashback. And I like the approach here of the flashback. It's not... Um, the red, red filter, filter of revenge, but it's, I think it's Vaseline around the edge of mm-hmm. yeah. um, the camera lens. And so you have this really kind of dreamy uh, sort of vignette effect going on through the whole sequence. And then we, you know, a- after we find out what Karahui's character is tasked with, she's basically given this kind of jade as identification so that um, she can meet um, her now late husband's brother, um, who will, will be the uh, the Lyle Garland character. But yeah, I really like actually how that opening flashback sort of works and mm-hmm. uh, the stuff on the boat. Yeah, in some ways I feel like it's, yeah, the filmmaking kind of starts on like a higher level than maybe the, the movie is, <laughs> yeah. is, a, is about or something. But. And it's, there are so many really cool shots and really like well done scenes in some parts. And then others are very, the very Shaw Brothers you know, the camera's just sitting in one place and, and looking at at the action. Yeah. Uh, but there yeah, are some sure. really interesting shots, like you said, on the on the boat and, and everything. And, and that also very... kind of places it in like this kind of nebulous early nineteen hundreds time. Yeah. Where totally. it's like the old China still exists, but there's also like Western technology it's seeping in and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the actually the the Western Eastern cultural clash becomes kind of a uh not a super important part of the film but definitely uh something that is important enough that it comes across in the original audio but is lost in the dub because you've got some (laughs) moments where you've got uh you know a character that's influenced by the west that's trying to use western culture like in english when he's Mm -hmm. speaking but then the dub kind of loses that this is my grandfather my Yeah. But I also do enjoy that we're treated very quickly to some martial arts. So you'll see Lao Gar Long for the opening titles uh, practicing in a courtyard. And uh, yeah, you're, you, you get this taste. It's like he's in the film, but he's almost like... He 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 definitely keeps like this. He's like in the background for a lot of the movie. He is a major yeah, character, but he never like tries to outshine like Kara or Shu Hao in the film. Like, but there's also this funny thing where it's like he's he seems to try and hide that he's a proficient martial artist. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. Uh, and who the did, next, I, there may have been some kind of plot threads that they just weren't able to realize or something Mm. um because yeah ultimately when the time comes he's just kind of training alongside his brothers and not much is made of how good he is at or how strong his kung fu is right right the next major scene you have is of them meeting so there's this little confusion between him trying to find this person that he doesn't know how they look but that he knows 
has the pendant, the jade pendant that, and once they realize who uh, they are, it's kind of this funny thing. You know, she's so young, but she's his auntie. So he does have to pay the proper respect to her. And then uh, if this was was a a native English movie, then this is where he'd be like, you're my young auntie. (laughs) Right, right. Yes. Needle scratch. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Put in the trailer. Yep. He... Calls what, like what uh, Jackie Chan movie was it that had semi charmed life in the in the trailer? Oh, I think the first uh, nice Mr. Guy. Mr. Nice Guy. Oh, it was Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was Mr. Nice I, Guy. I can't not think of that when I think of bad trailers. Yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah so he calls like a a a, te- a cab for her, and she's sitting in this cab, and. Then you have a moment where you've got some hoodlums that start some ruckus. And this is her chance to show that she's proficient and can take care of herself. Mm -hmm. And actually behind the scenes, uh, Kara's talked about that she had appendicitis and had to get surgery. And this scene was filmed just shortly after she was in recovery. So she was very eager to get back to set to film for for the movie. And so this scene with her sitting down fighting everyone... She has a moment where she's standing up too, but for the most part, she's sitting. She's in recovery from surgery during Dang. all of this. Just yeah. amazing. That's yeah. so cool. She was really worried about rupturing stitches yeah, in the I'll middle bet. of this fight sequence. So, yeah, that's that's pretty rough. <laughs> but you do see that, uh, you know, uh, Lao Garlong's character, he does do a little bit of fighting, but he keeps it a secret to her. He doesn't want her to see. Yeah. Yeah, and it's yes. kind of cute. He turns his like f- his fight moves into, uh, or basically like the dudes getting beat beaten up. Uh, he tries to like spin that into like them bowing or showing her respect. <laughs> yeah, it, awesome. it almost it almost works. I think like a lot of the comedy in this movie, like it sort of almost works. For mm-hmm. me, what's funny is it's like the whole package. I I wouldn't say it's like funny the way like a bad movie is funny it's its own brand it's its own thing it's really hard to to yeah. describe but yeah that's that's kind of the same. No, i guess you know, everything feels like if it, the timing was just tightened up like just a little bit it'd be funny but a lot of a lot of the jokes kind of fall flat right but, right but they get back and they show off this shaw brothers set number four um, <laughs> yeah which is where he lives and and that's that sounded mean but it's it is no, fun no, watching don't. a lot of these movies and and seeing the same sets reused dude anybody um, that's familiar with shaw brothers knows exactly what you're going yeah, for yeah exactly. because it's not just that the set is there but it sort of feels like oh can i use can i use that tripod real quick that you got set up <laughs> yep. in like the yeah. lighting rig um mm-hmm. But yeah, he kind of shows her around and uh... she tells him what's up. She yeah, she tells him that, you know, she's here representing his brother and that she has uh, something for him, like these deeds to his estate that um, she wants to give to him. And he's surprised by this. He says that she should take it. But um, yeah, she says that's her primary mission and uh, she's going to see that through. What you also find out is that he has a son, and shortly after yeah. this, uh, you'll see that they're um, uh, they're going to have a fun interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get introduced to the son with the son's friends, and they're all wearing these like kind of like school kind of school uniform things. 
and yeah and they're hopping around like it's west side story like i thought they were about to start singing at this point oh dude totally <laughs> that's great yeah i was totally think i was like on my notes i'm like his crew i think they came from another film and it's a musical yeah because <laughs> <laughs> they're flying through the air they're so cheery everything's yeah. so like sing-songy with them yeah. but this is like what i was saying where um he says his son was studying in Hong Kong. He's studying Western culture. So him and his friends, they use English pretty frequently during their dialogue. Mm-hmm. And uh, he tells him like, oh, yeah, this is my house. There's two rooms, my dad's and mine. And I'm going to go uh, surprise my dad right now. So when he goes in there, that's the room that uh, uh, Lao Garlong's character, uh, Yu Jin Chung, he he like let her use it being the elder, you know, she gets the nicer room. So when he jumps in, they have this like misunderstanding that turns into uh, a pretty great uh, fight sequence in this uh, yeah, house set. Definitely. Uh, the thing that I always love is that uh, Shu Hao is just so light on his feet. He looks yeah, like he sure. doesn't weigh anything. And anytime he has to do anything acrobatic, it always looks perfect. Mm-hmm. So you get totally. to see a lot of that here. And he also um, was a, a choreographer alongside uh, Lao Sifu on the movie. Yeah, I, I, uh, I know we've talked about him in the past, but sort of like a like a Shaw Brothers Yun Biu or something. Um, oh, yeah, exactly. I like that. But yeah, they get uh, the first interaction is him like walking into her room, not realizing it's her. And he, he introduced himself as Charlie Yu, which is the name they go with through a lot of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's cool though because it's it's not just the dub coming up with the dumb you know English westernized name. It's actually what he calls himself in the original audio too. Yeah, but, that's great. Mm-hmm. And I also really like that there's like him and Auntie. They have like this rivalry because she's mm-hmm. a very proficient martial artist, and he's just a young kid, but he seems like he's pretty good as well. Yeah. So they're always trying to outdo each other in the middle of these action sequences so it starts off with them doing like front flips and there's like these really nice like slow motion shot uh front flips and you see them both kind of trying to top each other mm-hmm. yeah there's so also the- a lot of spots in the movie where they just kind of barely get away with some tricky editing um mm. and this is like yeah this is one of those moments yeah um, like you're so, watching uh, a really cool slow-mo and then it kind of cuts to this other take from the same camera and but yeah i think part of the part of the quirkiness of the movie yeah and the other thing i wanted to mention too is that when you're watching this film 99.9 percent of the time kara is doing her own work but the only time you'll see a double for her is usually like kind of high flying like acrobatic stuff or maybe like a a a stunt and actually um, yeah like the can't like the stuff that we see a lot with the camera pointed up and um a trampoline somersault kind of a thing um, but right. I love the one where the double is like holding his wig. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hand. Yeah. So she said that that's actually Yun Tak, uh, who we'll oh, see okay. a, a lot more awesome. later in the film. But uh, so the doubling for her is done by one of our seven little fortunes. Actually, he's one of the ones that we've probably talked about the least on yeah. the podcast and we'll see a lot from him later on in the film but the other thing i wanted to mention is that he was one of the action directors for she shoots straight who we uh which we talked about last episode so that's pretty oh, yeah, cool totally. too i don't think we mentioned it then um in this fight though uh it's kind of this playful back and forth 
But uh, I do like that uh, Shu Hao does this Western boxing for mm-hmm. a bit, and you kind of get like this kind of cool, almost Bruce Lee energy to the fight. But it's it's more it's just playful. It's really fun. And again, like he's just so light on his feet, and he just he just looks so cool with whatever he's doing that I really can't get enough of seeing him in films. So the so Lagar Lung's character gets back and they've kind of made a mess of the place and uh re- they're like reading through like these laws of like what the you know what the etiquette is for this you know whenever something like this happens and they determine that they're going to basically give uh Charlie basically whippings or something like the beatings yeah. um and yeah, it's like there are these family yeah rules that are yeah. actually written down yeah. yeah. But the way that he kind of weasels out of it is that he puts Bibles in his in his pants, and <laughs> and they they're just smacking the Bibles instead of him. I love the payoff for that though, because mm-hmm. at the end he says Jesus saved me. Yeah, <laughs> which is so funny. Yeah, it's good. So after that, there's a quick scene where there's like uh, Charlie showing off all of the like all of the cool new things that he got from Hong Kong and. And like the 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 Western way to put up like signs and stuff, which includes putting up this scroll like sideways. Um, and yeah, I feel like this could be a comment on like the Chinese character tattoo craze. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of that in like of the, the early two thousands because yeah. he's even saying it's like oh yeah, Westerners like they'll put it upside down sideways. <laughs> Kind of doesn't yeah. matter. Nice. And then there's like a little gag where he's saying like, "Oh, put the put the poster up higher and higher." And then he like is looking through the window and sees Auntie like pulling up this dress, and he's like, "Uh, higher, higher." And it's I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of a fun, cute little like antics thing. Yeah, yeah there is a little bit of this situation where you know he's of the same age as Auntie. And uh, he kind of, you know, she's obviously very attractive. So there's there's not too much of a romantic thing, but you have these little flashes of moments where they kind of either he's like leering at her or they kind of share this kind of romantic touch. And they both like are like, oh, like like you say, Marty, this kind of childish romantic moments. Right. Following this scene, what ends up happening is that Auntie says, I need to go buy some more clothes because the clothes that uh, the fabric they have isn't suitable for her. So um, Eugene Chung tells Charlie to go with her to the city. So now we've got this, like I mentioned, fish out of water situation where uh, she's just in awe of everything in the kind of busy closed set of the city (laughs) and um uh i like there's this yeah i guess another anachronistic thing where you think it's maybe late 1800s early 1900s but you see this uh, much more modern looking car and she's shocked by what is a car and he's like it's like this but it has an engine in it and um she's just like marveling at like the neon signs and everything so he sends her off on her own and she goes into this clothing store and there's this moment where she's uh admiring uh uh, what's the i think chung sam is yeah the 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 dress like the fancy dress and uh the girls like kind of dress her down they're like oh you're just a bumpkin you're wearing these like 
no style clothes and your hairstyle so dated. Yeah, the dub is amazing there. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. What a, what a bumpkin! Why did you call me? We're talking about you. The way you're dressed. Girls in Canton only wear chungsoms. Yeah. What an ugly old skirt she's wearing. Will you look at her hairstyle? So out of date. Get away from us, you bumpkin. Yeah. Isn't his earring beautiful? <gasps> Certainly not as ugly as her. <laughs> so, you know, she's like, oh, like kind of put off by that yeah. and then what you see after that is that she ends up buying that dress mm -hmm. and she has like this kind of you know geek to chic makeover yeah. <laughs> all right. of a sudden and, and, then, I mean, and then she trips over her high heels because she's never worn them before yeah she looks amazing though she really that dress. Just like incredible. she's got this really great like kind of part updo with like this flower kind of thing on the side and everybody's looking at her but yeah immediately she stumbles on heels mm -hmm. <laughs> which i mean i never tried to wear heels so i but i can understand how hard that must be <laughs> <laughs> and then it turns into a scene where she falls into like some produce and then the guy uh managing that and the group around there kind of get it's, it's almost like she kind of starts the fight because she's embarrassed, but they're kind of like riding that. So it turns into this fight in the middle of the street. And um, Charlie sees this, but doesn't realize that it's her at first. And then uh, it also turns into this kind of competition where she's fighting these guys and then he's fighting. And it's like, you do this, I do this. Like, I'm still pretty, I'm still better than you. So <laughs> I like right. that in the middle of that. And there's a really great shot of her like you know walloping a dude and then looking towards the camera and pulling her like whatever it's called the like like, glove the, thing yeah that glove back it just looks so awesome mm -hmm. i love it that's yeah, good yeah totally but so it ends with someone calling the cops which is kind of seems a little extreme dude but... it's interesting the bad guys lean on the police a lot in this yeah. movie and it doesn't always make sense why just like in um, real life yeah, dude <laughs> Yeah, man, for real. <laughs> I do kind of feel like it's like this teenager movie, like this, like, yeah. oh, the cops are here. We got to get out of here. Yeah. That's kind of what it feels like to me. Yeah, it's funny because it feels like that, but it also feels very, like, very anti-young people in a lot of things. Like, oh, yeah. young people yeah. are getting fights and wearing Western dresses. And, <laughs> and yeah, and not respecting not their respecting elders. Their elders. Like, that's that's the biggest problem yeah. yeah right the generational thing mm -hmm. it, it is funny when she arrives back at home and uh yujin chung doesn't even recognize her <laughs> because she's wearing that dress and mm -hmm. she's all upset yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so funny because i feel like kara has the most distinct like face and eyebrows and eyes it's like if there's <laughs> yeah. anyone you'd recognize like in a wig or in a different outfit it's it's her right yeah and we're gonna see her in a wig and different outfit again <laughs> we pretty definitely soon definitely <laughs> will yeah uh what you see is that uh charlie and his friends are kind of he's like taking Liter out literally his aggression. made a straw man of yeah of the auntie and is, is beating it up <laughs> Yeah, but what's more important here is that we get to see, we get to see Gordon, Gordon Liu and with a guitar and sideburns. That's the most yeah, important so thing. Let's hear Gordon Liu with a wig on is like one of my favorite things ever. <laughs> it's Dude, so much yeah, fun. when he has like the 
the like colonial white haired wig. Oh man, yeah, oh, that's my great. Gosh. The other guy yeah. that's with him is Robert McTacklaw, who we saw in Marshall Club, and uh, he'll play kind of a bigger part towards the center center of the film. But I know that he's like kind of big into dancing and stuff. Actually, there's that film I still haven't seen it. It's called Disco Bumpkins. I really want to watch that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it's like right That's around nice. this time too, early '80s, a film. But uh, yeah, they're they're kind of like these. I don't know. It's almost like this bohemian thing where they want to always just be playing music and share their music with people <laughs> and youth right. culture, you know. Yeah. So uh, the scene following this is like kind of this, I guess, another anachronistic thing where. They're playing. Oh, I, fr- I forgot. I fr- found that song. It's called "Rose, Rose, I Love You," which was like a pretty popular love song. Actually, I found this out thanks to the commentary track. So I shared with you guys the uh, the Dragon Dynasty uh, yeah, version of the yeah. film, which is cool. It's not perfect. So we get the Mandarin audio, not the Cantonese. There is a Region 3 DVD that I have yet to track down. I'll probably come, uh, I'll, I'll probably buy it eventually. That has the Cantonese audio. But um, I was talking earlier that the dub is so much fun in this that I don't think anybody would fault you for uh, enjoying <laughs> yeah. the dub of yeah, this film. Yeah, for sure. And it's goofy enough, so. Um, yeah. Yeah, in the dub, I don't believe they... Uh, dub the song. I think they play the original yeah, audio. Yeah, they do. That's which right. Is, yeah. Which is nice. Music! Because trans, like, you know, I, I do like dubs and things, but I, I tend to like it whenever there's music they do original, because things can get lost in translation with a dub but everything sure. gets lost in translation if you translate a song so yeah 100 percent. Mm-hmm. also i um a lot of props to this uh this whole sequence i mean we've talked a lot about how movies of this time were not shot with any microphones on set at all um but th- oh good point yeah they do a really great job in this production kind of like syncing up this there's this little almost kind of percussion beating on the backs of back of the guitar and stuff yep. like that again almost it almost approaches like a mgm dance number not quite and um yeah i think it's pretty it's pretty pretty convincing um what they do on the on the music side it really does feel like an, an actual organic moment and not yeah. this kind of like canned song or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i do really enjoy this is a little bit of that more of that fish out of water thing where she's saying like what is this weird that's not dance that's not what you're doing and then they have a moment where they're kind of mockingly doing traditional dance and she's like yeah that's it they're like no you're totally wrong lady (laughs) there's also times grandma yeah Yeah. these boys idea of dance is very interesting as well yeah it's like this kind of uh, let's see, like a square dance almost. Yeah, like totally. Ring around the posy situation. Yeah. Um, the other device that I haven't mentioned yet is that uh, Gordon Liu's character. I think his name is James or Johnny or something like that. Anyways. Um, it's James. They're yeah. Okay, they're doing like this Roxanne, like Cyrano de Bergerac. Like yeah. <laughs> we're playing the music behind a wall and you're you're 
you know basically like pretending that it's you so that's kind of funny yeah. but the whole plan is to get her to come to this masquerade and basically embarrass her so it's not even that devious they're just kind of putting her into this situation that's gonna kind of annoy her (laughs) it's also cool like the the hot characters to dress up as they're like um i mean it's kind of like a public domain field day yeah Um, it's like yeah robin hood you know carmen from the opera carmen like yeah "Yeah, dude for real i'm gonna be carmen um and there's romeo and juliet yeah exactly it's super cute like again that i think uh innocent you know, yeah, and um, I like that the the Robin Hood depiction that we'll see shortly. It's very much like a Errol Flynn kind oh, of right, um, yeah, old fashioned Robin. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They mm-hmm. they go to this this kind of. They say it's a masquerade, but you see like two people wearing masks, and then and then like all the main characters aren't wearing masks for the rest of the scene, but. Uh, but yeah, they're like all these silly costumes, lots of wigs, lots of like pinkish wigs, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and they're doing all kinds of, like they're doing like some like, you know, kind of ballroom dancing, some like salsa almost dancing. And then it goes into like 50 swing dancing a little bit too, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Yeah, it's like they're intentionally trying to confuse you. Like yeah. once you think you might have a grasp on when this movie yeah. takes place, <laughs> they just pull the carpet right out from under yeah, you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> there's some tango in here too, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a a whole like kind of Three Musketeers introduction. So yeah. what also is happening is that uh, uh, Wang Long Wei, who plays the antagonist in this film, the third uncle. And uh, he has his own like crew of cronies and he sends them off to start trouble with uh, auntie and her, uh, you know, her nephew. So uh, this is Yun Tak and his guy. So like I said, this is one of the seven little fortunes who, uh, you know, he's kind of one of the lesser known one. He still, of course, has done amazing work in plenty of films, but I don't think we've really talked about him to this point on the podcast. Um, I think you're right. Yeah. So uh, he kind of crashes the party with his Mm -hmm. own Three Musketeers setup. (laughs) And uh, they've got their uh, fencing gear ready to go. And actually, yeah, this is uh, some Three Musketeers pre-Wheels on Meals. That was the first thing I thought of was I looked at the year. (laughs) But yeah. Yep. And the other thing that we can really say is that we've seen a lot of music up to this point. And uh, this is another Shaw Brothers film that uses music from the DeWolf uh, music library. Mm-hmm. So you can find some of that online and uh, I'll definitely share that yeah. on our blog post for the episode. There's some really good use of that, that public domain music, though. So or not yeah. public domain, but uh, music library stuff. Sure. One of my favorite yeah. dub lines in it uh, is in this scene because the 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 three evil musketeers come in and they're like what like who are you guys what what school are you from <laughs> and they go criminology robbery kidnapping murder <laughs> <laughs> awesome <laughs> just the way that he says murder makes me laugh yeah and this also has one of my favorite background uh villains where there's one of the crew in wang lung Wei's uh group that this dude always has sunglasses on he like yeah, never like does blue it. blockers or something. Yeah, yeah they're like yeah. these like very eighties looking sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really funny. Yeah. 
but um you you get treated you know after all of this goofiness you get treated to some really good action here and not only just martial arts choreography but you get some weapon fighting as well where i feel like Kara really shines whenever there's a weapon in yeah, her hand. Yeah, totally. And um, she's actually talked about how uh, her origins are in dance, just like many of the other female stars that we've mm-hmm. talked about. And uh, it's funny, she says, I didn't really have a lot of kung fu training when I was a kid, but I did train a little bit with my brothers and sisters, but I did do a lot of dance. But with like traditional Chinese dance, of course you're gonna have like spear and sword being mm-hmm. part of that. So I think that right. that naturally gave her a foundation to be really great uh with these weapons on film. And then the you know, dance that's a really training. good point that I don't think we've quite brought up before. Um we've talked about how many success stories there have been uh for great um, Hong Kong and Chinese screen heroines who transition from dance to martial arts action. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's important to say that um, if you have like a traditional Chinese dance background, it is a lot more closely related to the martial arts than yeah. than many forms of Western yeah. dancing. And that's yeah, cool. that specifically like a... with the weapons, because I feel like all of the all of our big uh, heroines in these movies they always shine the most whenever it comes to the spears and the swords and i never thought about that being connected to the dance but you're totally right yeah yeah it's something that i noticed watching the interviews that were related to the dvd release and um you can almost say it's almost like like professional wrestling how there's this rhythm you know and kind <laughs> of knowing these beats and knowing when to do what like you know, having the dance training and kind of picking up on cues and stuff like that. I think these are all skills that kind of are all related to what we're enjoying in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she gets a, she's fighting off the fencers and they, someone throws her a Chinese sword to fight against their, their fencing swords. And it's really cute. Cause they're like props department or something like that. So <laughs> yeah, like someone funny. like places the order for the sword kind of, and then yeah. she has like, 30 40 seconds of just like hand-to-hand action mm-hmm. trying to dodge this um yeah i believe it's a saber because it has that kind of hooky um, yeah grip yeah. right um, which they yeah logar long takes amazing advantage of in a later moment but uh yeah then i like when they finally throw the sword to her and yeah chinese sword versus uh fencing sword it's mm-hmm. just so great yeah, really good. The other thing that I really like about Kara on film and fights is that her it's it's kind of this I don't know, this quirk that she has where her her neck is always really straight. So there's almost <laughs> yeah, I guess it's right, similar poised. to a dance too, you know. Yeah, it's like poise. That's perfect word for that. <laughs> you 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 get this I don't know, it's it's a very distinct look to her choreography. Mm-hmm. Having her head so straight in the middle of that and uh, seeing her move with the rest of her body very dramatically looks really cool. So I like the way they're, uh, they're, they try to, to deal with these guys is he's Robin Hood, so he's going to shoot some arrows, right? Well, he, he, just, he just grabs the arrows <laughs> and throws them at the guy. Oh, yeah, yeah that's like right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, that was really funny to me. Yeah, that's what Kevin sure. Costner wanted to do in the movie, and they just, they just nobody let him. Let him. <laughs> and there is the the moment where he w- really wants to stick to character and use a short like a knife oh, against yeah. the the fencing sword. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. Um, 
there's one great really short gag where uh gordon Liu is fighting this guy and like he's going to punch him but he ends up punching a wall and the other guy also punches the wall and they both like looney tunes like shake their hands and <laughs> right. look at them <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Good. And Robert McTacklaw has his own kind of humorous moment where he's fighting a couple of guys and he does the splits, you know, this kind of cool dance move. And uh, when he's guarding, they punch him in the face and he lands next to Kara, uh, Auntie, <laughs> and he's got like two black eyes yeah. immediately. Yeah. <laughs> it's really it's good. It's very silly. Uh, mm-hmm. But the cops show up again and break up the party. <laughs> and- <laughs> when it's funny, there's a shot earlier of the the bad dudes say, uh, like saying, yeah, let's call the cops. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, I, not something I can remember seeing like in any Kung Fu movie ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bad guys call the cops ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is kind of um, like a stunt casting here. So I was there's wondering. two detectives. Yeah. There's, there are two detectives that show up. And there's a little bit of a gag yeah. where you don't know who's the boss. Yeah, you only well, you only see one of them, but you see one of them like stick their arm up, and then it pans down. You see that the other detectives like. And like yeah, the joke head. is that he's short. Yeah, he's bullhead, yeah shorter. Um, yeah. So the yeah the shorter guy, this man, his name is Walter Tsotatwa. And okay, we've talked about how anytime we look up an actor, they've been in so many films, right? <laughs> yeah. So the last time we had, uh, you know, Mother in She Shoots Straight, she was in something like, what was it, it was, 284? Yeah, it was 300? almost 300. Yeah, something. Yeah. Okay. So this man has been in over 400 films. What? And, <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Not only that, so of course, once I see that number, I'm like, okay, Quanta King yeah. connection. Yeah. So this man played Long Fun in all of the Wong Fei Hung films. Oh, cool. Yeah, so here we are again. Classic. So he was pretty famous for that, but he also became very famous for playing uh, a detective in films. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this stunt casting is very in character for him here. And uh, yeah, so he, he basically rounds everybody up. And there's this kind of situation where they were tipped off by the bad guys but they have no proof or anything but they still take the kids to jail yeah and then there's a little bit of confusion in um trying to let Lao garlong's character know what's happened i like all of the kind of like day players at the police station in that oh yeah sequence like it's really kind of cool hectic environment and then we get yeah we get our like pair of detectives they get like a a couple more gags to play it's sort of like any evidence no any witnesses no it's like wait what was going on yeah yeah um yeah i like that that's yeah. they don't even because i wrote in my notes that he bails them out but but the uncle doesn't really bail them out as much as just say hey you shouldn't have held these guys <laughs> to start with and yeah, totally just leave <laughs> and then it's crazy it turns out that this was all somehow an elaborate ruse to get while growing away from the house. Um, yeah, I kind of like that idea. Something about it feels like sort of an afterthought. I, yeah, I don't know what I was, what I'd be looking for, um, mm, for I'm, that I'm, to really land, but yeah, I'm cool with it because, uh, really it basically sets up a kind of a fun third act of the film. And I think totally, you know, for Kung Fu film fans, you're, you're really going to enjoy this last third of the film the movie oh, so yeah. um auntie says okay we've got to get 
the deed back. So we have to go to third uncle's uh, estate. But uh, she also realizes that the only real fighters are her and the nephew, Charlie. So she's like, we got to <laughs> find more people. So they they go and there's like kind of like this short sequence where they're seeking out yeah. the the other uncles here. Yeah, and they're the all like these... The other. Yeah, these cool old guys, and uh, there's a really cool uh, moment where they're all walking down this kind of city, like, market area with some badass music. I really do <laughs> like the DeWolf stuff that they pulled for this film. Mm-hmm. I know one of them, oh, yeah. uh, they use also in uh, Iron Flag. So, uh, you know, Mm. you would hear a lot of this music in other films, but um, they devise a plan to break in. So you've got almost like this Ocean's Eleven situation that doesn't really pan out to be like a heist or anything. It's mainly they look at a map and they're like, okay, there's going to be some traps and we're probably going to get in a fight. (laughs) That's like (laughs) what she tells them, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was really funny. But... uh, but yeah, we get some really cool montage stuff with yeah. um, the old guys here. Mm-hmm. I re- yeah, I really like uh, seeing... And, you know, they're all they're all doing their own stuff, too. You see a bunch of old guys sweating and doing exercise in the field, which is funny. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, like totally. falling over and trying to... <laughs> they're trying to do it, but just, like, not quite. I like the, the gag of, like, the... Uh, it looks like they're trying to like they're all falling over and she's said what are you guys doing it's like oh we're doing a human pyramid <laughs> oh is that what they said in the dub yeah, version that's what they say in the dub it's called pile up the monks in the original <laughs> audio oh right that's funny. Yeah. oh that's great that's yeah i think really in good. another kung fu movie this would be the hook it's like yeah assemble the old guys that aren't anywhere near in shape mm-hmm. for some kind of massive fight yeah, I, I definitely don't want to be too hard on it because they they do play a role in the in the final fight. Um, but yeah, just uh, it's a really cool concept. It'd be cool to see it kind of explored again. So. Mm-hmm. Right, and I mean they almost lose it pretty quickly because the next scene you see that Charlie's kind of sneaking out on his own to do the yeah. work that needs to be done, and he runs into Auntie, and actually he's got like. Uh, I guess more of a Western influence too. He's got this military yeah. outfit that he's wearing that he'll wear throughout the rest of the film. Yeah. So with like a utility belt and stuff, it's yeah, it's yeah. kind of cute, but it's interesting. Cause yeah, Kara's character is like, yeah, those guys aren't ready. <laughs> so it's like, Oh man, I was just rooting for yeah. those dudes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and I do really like, he has the military uniform, but most importantly, he has a helmet. And yes. they actually, yeah. that actually comes into play a lot more than I was expecting, which I was, I was kind of totally. happy to see. But she's yeah, wearing great. this awesome, like almost ninja kind of outfit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and in an interview, she said that the design for that was her choice. So the the white ropes around it is kind of like rooted in uh, traditional dance. Oh, cool. And um, when you perform the traditional dance with the Chinese sword, it would have the tassel on the end too. Mm-hmm. So those are decisions that she made. Before we move on, though, there's like this really, it's almost like this funky military drum solo, like to introduce (laughs) Charlie that I like it because it's like this military, but it's got like this funky style to it. I really like that music cue. Yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, it's it's cool. It's like it's almost like a breakbeat kind of thing. It's yeah. Kind of, it's kind oh, of dude, neat. good call. Yeah, yeah it's dope. The, I love it. Again, it's the so, the it's the early '80s, so it's still kind of the '70s. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, for sure. Even the film itself, you know, '78. Uh, we've got the rise of the kung fu comedy, mm-hmm. and this definitely you could see it being influenced by the popularity of stuff like Drunken Master and Snake in the Eagle Shadow. Yeah, totally. I mean, and I think save for a handful of really distinct shots, if you didn't tell someone the year, yeah, I could see someone placing it anywhere in between 78 and... Mm -hmm. Yep. So now it's time to storm the castle. Uh, And I love this. We haven't seen too many booby traps in these movies thus far yeah, which, really. is, which is cool so so yeah they're they're trying to go up to this the the manor the the you manor where the third uncle is and and there's like traps everywhere they like try to cross a bridge step on it and like a bunch of arrows fly out at them um there's like this straw like scarecrow thing that like is spinning with like blades attached to it it's really cool yeah there's like this bear traps mm-hmm. on the ground too. Yeah, man, totally. <laughs> Those guys. It's ain't funny. I, I think my young auntie came out just before Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, Ooh. Um, yeah, I'll bet. Kind of I'll bet they indie booby trap. I'll bet they saw Raiders and were like, "Ah, oh, we should have done a big boulder." <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's something really cute about this scene. It kind of gives off vibes of like siblings making yeah. a movie in their backyard or whatever where it's it kind of always feels like you should be able to walk around this whole thing mm-hmm. um and like you're not really confined to stumble <laughs> on the booby traps sure but that's nice. i feel like that's part of the fun mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they do eventually make their way in and here we have this kind of moment where you think they're <laughs> falling into more traps yeah. but it's actually the goons that are waiting for them yeah so. that's fun where it's like the you see like the spear fly out. They're like, oh, it's another trap. And then the then the spear keeps moving and there's a guy that's that's poking at them with it. Yeah. It's pretty fun. And it's the middle of the night, right? Mm-hmm. But our dude is still wearing his sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool dude. <laughs> yeah. Don't mess around with the guy in shades. But one of the things I was really waiting for, uh, you know, rewatching this again is knowing that Yuntak's in it and uh, knowing that Xiao Ho is in it i was so excited to see them fight each other because they're almost like these parallels (laughs) and actually they actually uh acknowledge that in the film because there's a lot of times where they're mimicking each other's choreography yeah totally the entire final section of the movie which i think should include this and then the the fight the following day um (laughs) Yeah, just some really outstanding action. Yeah, I was gonna say, oh, yeah. and and now thirty minutes of kung fu fights. <laughs> to, yeah, yeah. If you were totally. if you were missing the kung fu fights earlier in the movie, this they are all here. Yeah, yeah you've got one on one fights. You've got one on two, like four people on frame fighting at once. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, yeah, it's like if you know if you're crazy for that amazing sequence in the middle of Magnificent Butcher. Oh yeah, there, yeah. There's some other kind of moments of yeah, almost like swapping opponents kind of a thing. Mid fight. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, really great. And we also get introduced to this it's it's funny and it's you know, three quarters of the way through the movie and we're getting used to a new a new mini boss basically. Uh, but it's this uh do you have the actor on it for the the guy that has like the chi and the 
like suction thing. Yeah, yeah I think it. it's Young Saiguan. Is that right? Um, it's so the name that I had listed from HKMDB is Kwan Young Moon. Mm, okay, so let me see. Yeah, that dude that. has such a cool look. He's got like almost comic book physique. Yeah, it's which ridiculous. is like really crazy like this perfectly muscular body and he's got these crazy like features these like he looks like a drawing to me and yeah, yeah I, he totally I, does. yeah i really like that word yeah like spiritual boxer we've got these qigong uh like kung fu going on yeah so uh he can he can protect himself against any weapon with just using his body mm-hmm. yeah and um besides that we've got wilson tong who we've seen uh quite a bit and um i guess uh as an antagonist in 36 chamber of shaolin so he's here as one of like the heavies using chinese sword mm. yeah and it is it's is fun seeing this uh qigong expert fighting against charlie who's got this like you know this silly looking like helmet and he's fighting with his like this little you know short axe and everything he's crawling around yeah totally. yeah it's just, it's just cool like it, it's almost like one of them's in a, like a bruce lee movie and the other one's in a in a jackie chan movie <laughs> like oh yeah. i love that yeah amazing uh-huh. contrast in that. and he looks so much like you and in this scene like whenever you like yeah, he has the helmet on and stuff it's it's definitely very very similar air to him Right, and having him in that military outfit, in my notes I said, you know, we've said this so many times, but it looks like a fighting game. <laughs> you know, yeah. you've got yeah, Guile sure. versus Fei Long yeah, right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also we have kind of this uh, this fatal flaw sort of thing that will be familiar to Lao Garlong fans. Um, also because it's like kind of weird and gross, um, which is uh, Kwan Yung Moon's character. It's like where he's weak, is basically in his armpits <laughs> and uh yeah they really like exploit that as as far as as far as they can mm-hmm. i like that even he isn't uh powerful enough to handle the helmet though he <laughs> there's a moment where yeah, he kicks yeah, totally. charlie's helmet and it hurts him <laughs> there's one it's it's either here or later where charlie like tries headbutting him and it likes his his key or whatever sucks the helmet off of him so it's like stuck to his stomach yeah and he launches it out at him like Mm. a projectile oh that's right the other thing we should say about him is that he's a kicker too every time uh, you see him fighting against somebody he's mainly just using kicks Mm. which is always fun to see yeah and that's not even the takeaway from wilson tong and kara fighting with uh this you know blade versus blade and they're moving so quick there actually aren't too many under crank shots but you see like these kind of like multi-step long shots of them just going at it sword to sword and it's yeah well it's cool actually the under cranking um is really seamless in in like the laogarlong choreography of this period um because he tends to really like um emphasize the poses in the follow-through so you get mm, yes. this kind of like natural, um, almost like balletic stops or holds on the move. And there's something about how that all works in the undercranking where it's just very smooth and mm-hmm. it's beautiful. And there's a lot of excitement because they're cutting back and forth between these two matches. So uh, you 
you're just really kept you know enthralled with all of the action that's happening and you know each one has its own kind of narrative flow uh you've got charlie trying to hit those weak points over and over and missing and they do end up exchanging partners just for a little bit so you're kind of wondering what's going to happen but uh third uncle ends up kind of getting the upper hand and what ends up happening is that auntie it gets basically like captured and she tells Charlie to go back and uh, tell, you know, his father what's going on. So he does. We get a brief scene where it's the uh, there's kind of this fun thing that I'm sure I'm sure works a lot better in the original Cantonese. But where they're like fin- the, the four uncles are kind of like finishing each other's sentences and like talking yeah. all at the same time and stuff. A really cool kind of cartoony camera angle on them from like kind of like a three quarters profile <laughs> to yeah really fun although again it's another one of these moments where it's like it's almost really amazing but here it's like there's just no tension like yeah. they're all on the same side yeah. they all <laughs> they're already planning to go there and so xiao host like oh here's where you got to go and they're like yep yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, and also but all... i love i love seeing these old uncles yeah and all four of them have these like these traditional kind of like kung fu garb, but they have these fedoras on on top. Yeah, it's a cool look. Um, it's a look we've seen a few times too, which is which is kind of neat. Yeah, totally. Also, I, I don't know if we've mentioned it uh, specifically, but yeah, Lao Garlong is um, you know wearing this awesome like white wig or grayish gray haired wig, and um, I don't know. There's something so cool about seeing like the young Lao Garlong playing like the older, Mm -hmm. the older guy. And um, definitely something he followed up in his next, followed up with in his next couple movies after Mm -hmm. this. So they go back to the, to the manor and they're trying it. Charlie is showing them like where all the traps are, but none of the traps are are triggering. And, and there's a, that's a, a fun little, a joke where they're like crawling around on the ground to try to avoid the traps and then the bad guys open the door and they're like oh you know your manners bowing to your betters or something like that yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fun oh yeah, yeah it's like... <laughs> and this leads into the the rest of the movie which is just this ridiculous fight between just everyone everyone's fighting everyone else and you know, like the old men are taking on a bunch of guys at the same time and yeah for sure yeah we get some really cool kind of chaos right in this uh formerly booby trap courtyard but then i think it it we kind of brilliantly pair the action down and we have Lao garlong and uh xiao ho's character kind of run off on their own just maybe what you kind of almost want to see happen uh on paper these many minutes of intense fighting um could totally be overwhelming but again in you know while sifu's kind of masterful hand i think just a really great great balance of mostly like kind of moment to moment where nothing really ever feels repetitive in this you know gigantic fight sequence seeing him using a sword is super good um you got some comedic moments too where he's kind of playing with his opponents and uh uh charlie ends up with a guandao the kind of large uh chinese spear and that plays kind of a 
major factor in the fighting with him uh, right. once they enter the house. Yeah, this, yeah, this you fight's could totally very see, yeah. legendary weapons of China. <laughs> like, yeah, they have exactly. The, they have the, the racks that have all the different weapons, and they're grabbing different things to address different, like, fighting problems. I mean, you could imagine it, like, inspiring Lao Garlong, you know, to make that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Because, yeah, it does feel kind of like the forebearer to it. Uh, I like that we're going to have them fight the heavies right now. Lao Garlong ends up matched against the Qigong expert, and he knows exactly how to handle somebody like this. So you see him like do the kind of belly like punch and almost get sucked <laughs> in, but he knows how to hit the pressure mm-hmm. points, and the dude's shocked by it. And uh, you also get a moment where he uses like his hand to kind of jab him in the eye. Yeah. Actually. Thinking of Drunken Master 2, something, you know, Anita almost does to him oh, yeah. in that. That's kind of cool thinking about those connections. Yeah, yeah I was ex- I was almost expecting the guy's head to explode like Fist of the North Star. <laughs> like he's doing some yeah. pressure points. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. I like that the eye poking move isn't necessarily like from, I, I don't know, from some like ancient chinese wisdom or medicine or anything it's more just like a three stooges prank (laughs) yeah and it's Um, it's not a fatal mistake in that fight either it's kind of like something that kind of pays off shortly after that too because uh they end up switching partners and uh charlie has the guandao and he's trying to poke at those weak points and then he tries to do the eye poke and uh fool uh, me once though yeah he he guards against it so that's kind of fun but then he was he he like rips his armpit hair out yeah yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it's like i got towards your weak Uh, point be careful buddy (laughs) and he ends up like just breaking the guandao himself so like the physical strength of this opponent is is that strong. I also yeah. I, I mean there's so much that I love going on right now but um Lao Garlong using the butterfly swords oh, yeah. against Wilson Tong and the Chinese sword man mm-hmm. it's just yeah, it's so it's enjoyable. Yeah. You know, butterfly swords always like I don't know it, it's one of those super like almost uniquely Chinese things that like you don't see like an equivalent of it in any other kind of movie. Right. And and you see the versatility of the use of these uh, double swords because when he's in like tight contact with uh, Wilson's uh, Chinese sword, he's able to use them, uh, you know, like he can twist them around and use the handles from the sword, uh, you know, as like this offensive but also uh, defensive type weapon. It's really cool. Yeah, totally. So now it's it's kind of the the final showdown. They meet up with the third uncle, and we see that uh, that the auntie is is in not chains, but like is like in ropes and stuff. And and it's funny because it 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 is a little unfortunate because Karahui doesn't do any more <laughs> like fighting in the rest of the movie. Uh, yeah, it's all it's all kind of La Garlong show at this point. Yeah, kind of totally. steal the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and it's, uh, I agree with what you were saying earlier, Carlos, where in general, it's like, while Garlong is, um, he's trying to make this uh, a great Karahui vehicle, and he's not trying to overshadow her. But I could see someone reading it the other way, where it's like, all right, you take a seat for a second, I'm gonna let you finish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I think for, 
for fans of Kung Fu, it's any any great Lao Garlong fight where he himself is performing, it's awesome. But it's not as though he was like a star or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, kind of <laughs> kind of a fun little again another fun little quirk to how this thing is structured. Yeah. Before we get like the main encounter of them two, you've got Yun Tak, and actually we should say that the um, Kwan Yung Moon's Qigong expert he gets defeated by the like chain whip. Uh, Charlie yeah. uh, grabs the chain whip, and uh, like that weapon's even <laughs> yeah, it's even more versatile. So he's able to get it to the point where he's able to stab both armpits at the same time. So that puts him out of the fight. But you've got a fight here between Yun Tak and Xiao Hou. So that's so fun. I love that. Yeah, yeah. They have like a brief kind of son, son versus son uh, fight before the father versus father fight. Yeah, it's like a whole like kind of little father-son skirmish between the two of them. And, And, you know, third uncle kind of corners charlie but also uh uh eugene chung kind of corners uh yun tak yeah. his character yeah. i forget his name i think it's uh, uh, atak is what I it says what... on hkmdb yes. yeah but... yeah atak atak and atau mm-hmm. um so they kind of get a stalemate but then that puts the focus on lao garlong and wang long way mm-hmm. so this is like such i mean these two legends fighting against yeah. each other and Wang Longwei, you know, maybe not uh, held up as legendary as Lao Garlong, but definitely I put him like kind of like a Lei Hoi San. So anytime you see him, yeah. you totally. know you're getting something great, even though he might not be the star of the film. Yeah, he's kind of a secret weapon for Lao Garlong. I mean, yeah. And I think we talked about that even back in, you know, watching Marshall Club or something like that. Um, He's just a really unique heavy. Um, he kind of has some of the gravitas of like a Huang Zhongli, mm-hmm. um, but he just has this really striking presence and he has this really kind of big bearing. Mm-hmm. Um, also a strong, a strong actor. I mean, most of his part here, it, it's like we've said, it's not a very big role, but most of it really is more about the the kind of subtlety of the acting with he and Kara's character. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Johnny Wang Longway. Enough about him. Yeah, he he rules. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of amazing close ups in this fight too. Like a lot of close ups on hands, oh, like yeah. doing different like motions and and like forming different like fists and and uh, Lao Garlong does a couple of like almost like monkey style kind of things at the beginning of this mm-hmm. where he like has his arms yeah, like, up yeah, in the for air sure. and hooked and stuff yeah and there's this fun bit where uh, the the sons are kind of cheering on the fight mm-hmm. and they're kind of calling out the moves that are happening during the fight which is great yeah totally so this is where we get the brief bit of the Shaw Brothers blood where uh, the third uncle gets his arm like scraped up and he can't right, use it. Right. And so Lao Garlung just like he puts his, his ar- same yeah, like arm. Yeah, a man of honor. Yeah, he puts it's the same amazing. arm into his belt so he can't use it. And they just keep the fight going where they're like staying evenly matched. I love, yeah, seeing this kind of the martial arts of Kung Fu cinema here. Mm-hmm. And with Lao Garlung, you're always going to get that. Yeah. And um, yeah, that that hand movement that you were talking about is something they call 
they show you at the beginning of the film when he's training you do it's like this three-step like punch where you have a different hand form for each strike and yeah yeah, they call back uh to that for this final fight but yeah in the end uh third uncle just can't hang with Mm -hmm. uh uh you know our main uh our main character now in the film and uh he has to admit defeat yeah and then uh karahui's character does like a big basically saying you guys should have you should have done this from the from the beginning like avoid all this hassle (laughs) And also, I'm not going to be an elder anymore because I've I've kind of finished what I needed to do. <laughs> yeah, totally. And Charlie, me is like, oh, so he like, are you single? <laughs> and and immediately <laughs> gets slapped by his dad. Yeah, <laughs> which is yeah, a there's, great there's cut. Some f- oh, I was totally. shocked yeah, I wasn't cut. the freeze frame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. We're in like a new <laughs> yeah. era of kung fu cinema yeah. or something um there's a really there are some really fun like father-son dynamics mm-hmm. throughout the movie um and oh man the dub just highlights that there's one i can't remember i think it's a sequence earlier it might have even been during the hanging up the painting or something where he's like daddy can't you try to be more understanding you shut up um, <laughs> good stuff oh it's so good yeah, there's just a quick scene where uh, Charlie's with his friends in the in the city, and they see like this this beautiful blonde woman, and it turns out that it's it's the auntie, but she's going by a different name, and and she and I did listen to that at the end because I was watching the subtitles well, where she says, "My name is Susie," but she says in English, "My name is Susie," and, and that's our freeze frame. And that's which the is freeze awesome. frame. They're all like, "You speak what? English." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's my young auntie. Really yeah, fun it's stuff. Fun. Super cute, man. And super it's fun because it is it is wacky, but I feel like it's not wacky in quite the same way as some of the movies that we've watched before. Like it's not just yeah, completely totally. like almost bizarre in its weirdness. Like everything is pretty grounded, even if it gets a little strange. Right, right. And it has a really good heart to it. Mm-hmm. I mean Yeah. Which I think is something really throughout throughout Lal Garlong's films. And yeah, it's, I don't know, this is uh I think a a unique period of Kung Fu cinema to look at, you know, we're kind of post boom. Um, We're still very much kind of like in that sort of modus operandi of, of, you know, how we make a Kung Fu movie, but you just have the sense that, that times are changing. And uh, I don't know. I think, yeah, movies at this period are so, so fascinating. Well, thank you so much for taking a listen to our show here. Uh, if you like the show, then you can leave us a review on whatever you're listening to this on. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at Heroes the Number Three Podcast. And thank you to the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit if you're checking us out from there. And also, if you're in the United States, make sure that you're registered to vote <laughs> because it's really, yeah, really important. Yeah. So just, yep. just, just, just go out and do that. It doesn't take that long, and it's very mm-hmm. important to your civil duty and everything. So, Carlos, what is our training for next week? So, okay, we're we're moving away from ladies kicking ass, and it's about that time of year when things start to get scary, guys. Mm. So you know that we like to celebrate uh, Halloween here at Heroes 3. So uh, what I think we're going to do this time is take a look at Yokai, the monsters from Japan. And uh, I think a good film for us to take a look at these guys is a film called uh, Yokai Dai Senso, The Great Yokai War. This is from 1968. 
Ooh. It's like kind of like a fantasy horror film that has a lot of roots in tokusatsu and special effects. And it's based on uh, works by uh, Shigeru Mizuki. And um, Takashi Miike actually would uh, kind of remake this film in the early to mid-2000s. So we'll get to talk about Yokai Monsters. We'll get to talk about Tokusatsu a little bit and uh, Takashi Miike. So uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Dude, awesome. Well, until next week where we're taking a look at Yokai Daisenso, I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.